The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. 25 minutes to the top of the hour. It's that time of the year where we speak about student issues and student debt in particular quite a bit. Um, and uh, it's, 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 it's no different today. And we, we have an important conversation around that. Um, and you can be a part of it. I want to tell you about a very interesting organization, an NPO uh, called We Solve for X Foundation. Um, you know, they have tried to figure out how to solve the students' debt problem. The CEO, Tieti Ngobesi, is with us. He's also an actual analyst. Uh, Tieti, good evening, and thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate you coming into studio and spending time with us. I always love it when people come into studio. Uh, you're an actual analyst, uh, meaning you're very close to being an actuary, meaning you're very close to making a lot of money. Why are you trying to solve student debt? It's not very profitable. No, oh, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. My name is Tieti Ngobese. Excited to be here. Um, so I run, I'm part of an organization called We Solve for X. So our core business, We Solve for X, we provide actual valuation for your road accident fund and medical claim negligence. And then as a way of giving back, we run the We Solve for X Foundation, ah. where we, our core business there is to adopt schools focusing on mathematics. So we adopt a school. We teach learners maths from grade 4 to 12. We also teach parents maths so that they're able to help their kids with the homeworks at no cost. And then we provide a solution to fight hunger through a grocery stock fair, where parents would pay 250 per month, and then they get a grocery hamper worth 500. And then in the 250, we price it in so that we are able to pay our tutors who are teaching the kids in the adopted schools. So mm. we currently have 22 schools across the country, assisting over 27,000 learners. And then, yeah, the schools comes with those challenges, but we are proud of one of our initiatives where we adopted a school in the Eastern Cape, Columns into Primary School. Uh, on the feet of August 2021, got there, a child fell in the pit latrine in my present. Then I saved the kid out there. We started fundraising, and now we have built the school, their first flushing toilet, after 115 years of the school existence. My goodness. So, yeah, it was one of those things. And then also, we through the work that we do, we we have students who are assisting these learners in, this, in their respective schools who have mm. issues with historic student debts. They can't get jobs or they can continue their studies so now as providing a direct response we use the whistle for ex-student debt stock fell build on the actual principle with two objectives to wipe out the national student debt and then to subsidize the tuition fee to be affordable so when we launch in 2021 we raise 1.5 million and then we settle for 102 students and then this year we settle 1.5 million for 73 students through the help of the community contributing the little that they have so we looking into innovative ways on how we can bring in the actual skills in addressing some of these systematic challenges that were integral part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with student student debt before we speak about all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, historical student debt is, 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 is an uh, you know, inhibitant towards and it you know, hinders people from being able to access jobs and upward social mobility. Um, are we able to quantify just how how much student debt there really is? So last year, I think according to University of South Africa, it was over 19.5 billion. But now what we have on our database, so we have over 10,000 applicants who have applied, owing over, we have over 14,000 applicants owing over 10 billion, 
when My you quantify, goodness. yeah. So just the ten thousand app, fourteen thousand applicants. Yes, yes, they are over ten billion. The number is increasing on a daily basis. Sorry, on whose database is this? On our database. The when you say our, we solve. Uh, we yeah, solve we for solve X. for X student debt Stockfell. The right. applicants. So how does the Stockfell work? So they go to our website www.wisolve4x.co.za, and then they apply for the student debt. And then based on the funds that we get from the general public, then we pay directly to the universities to wipe your student debt. And then after we paid for your fees, we give you a five-year contract where you have to tutor maths or English in any public school close to you. And then you do a community service based on your field of study to solve a problem in your community as a way mm. of giving back. So that's so, how so, so you fundraise from the public. How do you mobilize the public? So we work with parents and different companies that would come on board and support. Yeah. Yeah, we have the likes of the actual society coming on board, Bootle Waste being one of our donors who will come on board. So they're supporting different ways. Others mm-hmm. would be mm-hmm. in the form of cash. Others will be requesting a list of different students who suit their needs so that when they pay for them, they can also join their uh, line of business. Mm. How how old is the stock fair? So the stock fair is two years now. Okay. Yeah. It's two years and now. How much have you? And two years, you've racked up fourteen thousand applicants. How much have you been able to fundraise in in, in clearing? So like yeah. So we we've settled two point eight million in the past two years for one hundred and seventy five students. Wow. And of course, the target is fourteen thousand students uh, and counting. Uh, all of them. Yeah. Yes. Give us a call if you want to be a part of this conversation. Zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. On average, what do students owe universities? So the ranges you have the lowest owing from a thousand bucks, and then an average owing from forty thousand, and you have the highest owing from hundred and twenty thousand, hundred and sixty thousand. Those you find that they do what they call the acknowledgement of debt, where they would owe this year but continue to study next year with carrying the previous year's debt, so their mm. tuition fee would. Um, their debt will rack up to above hundred thousand. On your database, you're a math man. Which way does that bell curve lean? So back lead between eighteen thousand. And forty-eight thousand—that's the average depth that we have. Right. And then what we're seeing, we're seeing a generational trend because you have people from the same family who are owing. So already wow. the kids in grade ten and grade five are at risk of being part of the of the student debt. Mm, mm. Give us a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. math and science clearly is at the heart of this uh, because those whose debt have been cleared have to you know give some level of public service back to public schools you do math for a living uh let's start there there's there's a fear in this country about math and let's maybe demystify that fear um how did you fall in love with it so i i was assisted by an organization called kutwano so they have adopted us in grade nine where they would give us math extra classes where did they adopt you at my school, Ponteng Secondary School, I'm from Katlehong, and then we were letting, we were attending in a, in a we would converge in one Saturday school called Ponejo Secondary School. That's where we would attend those classes. And from there, I was taught some of the basic principles of mathematics, which address some of the shortfalls we had from our schools, mm. your primary and high school, you know, where you have a teacher present in school for six months, not giving you a lesson. And then when the So you district, get to the end of grade nine, you don't know how to factorize. Yeah, you don't know grade four content, you know. It's even worse. You get to university, you can't do primary work, you know, because of how there's nothing wrong with the system, but how the content is delivered. That's where the challenge is, you know. So coming from that experience in in my schooling, 
my public school where you see that you 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 have all these challenges like a teacher would be present in school for six months not teaching you and then in the process when they come the district officials come to check the books you would write a six months <laughs> worth of work in one week they yeah. can sign off as if the work was done and then if you get a test set by the district out of 10 questions you will write three because it's the seven topics were never done and then say you'll do it when you come back and you never get to do it you know so those those are the challenges that most students have in the public schools mm, so now in mm. order for us to solve that challenge is to say how do we empower parents to understand the annual teaching plan what must be taught so that they're mm. able to monitor the work their kids are being taught and also support teachers but also the, the system by design is is failing the teachers you can't have two or three mass teachers teaching 2,000 kids in one mm, school mm. you know so now I mean we, we have a school we adopt which has like 2,000 kids or 1,500 learners would bring a staff complement of 40 mass teachers but the school has only two and they have to deal with those kids mm. so now by default they're already at the back foot so we come in as a support system to say how can you assist empower the learners the teachers and the parents so that we can make sh make every kid no learners left behind make sure they understand the maths mm. proper but also get more actuaries to to join the profession because we, we run the part of our mission is to produce more actuaries in the country so it can be two representation of south africa's demographic you know we have less than two thousand actuaries yeah i was about to say we don't have a lot of them 143 are black and out of that 43 43 are, f are female you know so but now how do we create that provision to create more pipeline of problem solvers people who could who could look things differently mm. there, there, there might be someone listening right now for mm. the first time here's the word actuary mm. uh, because it's not a mainstream popular job that we speak about what what are actuaries what do they do so actuaries are business professional who make sense of the who make financial sense of the future so a typical example to someone who doesn't understand if they watch tv they look at the funeral cover product if they say you're paying 120 per month actuaries are the people behind that pricing so price your insurance products but most basically you look at you use your meds high level of meds to analyze risk and try to mitigate it where there's financial loss and make sure it doesn't okay in the future or should it okay there's enough money to pick it up mm -hmm. why actually so few in numbers it's a difficult degree to obtain because it's math heavy less uh, so number one was lack of awareness so i'm part of an organization called the actual society of blacks actual professional asaba so we, we push the narrative to get more students to join the profession this year we have a success rate of 750 first years who will be studying actual science how many are the black? country 89 percent of those ones are black so we we, we we keeping to push the profession but also because we need a distinction in maths to study actual science it mm. has been a hinder for most of the students to pursue the profession yeah. and how many are, are female in terms of in in the professional already no in in in, in that's uh, 750 cohort. we have 243 okay yeah so we're still pushing there to try and get the number how many in. how many of them are from public schools we have 562 okay so kutlanong enters your life yes. uh they, they they give you extra classes you you start realizing you're good at math at what point do you start enjoying it and realizing actually i can do this so they they were kind of equipping us because they were making it a habit. So they they would drill the work ethics from an early age, where you you concentrate for three hours in a classroom until you get used. It's more like you were training. So by the time I was in grade ten and eleven, I was more confident with mathematics. Mm, mm. 
through that program, you know. So, yeah, it couldn't take everyone. I mean, when when I passed my trick, my school was the worst performing school, but I was part of the top achievers. We had like a 47% pass rate, mm. you know. But through their support, we were able to pull through. So now we are paying that forward and say, how do you make sure we bring more kids to like mathematics and then we get them as early as in grade four, we introduce the basics and make sure we move with them till the end. Mm. And then you went to university and, 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 and pursued those. Where did you study? I studied at the University of the Free State. So while I was still a student there, we had an opportunity to also assist kids with mathematics and then we were seeing the common problems that we left behind and the problems were going nowhere. So when I finished 2017, I declined 19 job offers so that I can remain in the township and start as continue assisting the kids with mathematics, but also trying to bring some of the key solutions in how we can address some of these systematic challenges. Give us a call. If you're a parent listening here and you think, wow, how, one, I have some student debt, my child has some student debt, and how do I get my child to be love maths, become an actuary? Give us a call. You can be a part of this conversation. 86 We're also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 614 Tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking on Twitter, Oliver Dixon on Facebook, and you can be a part of this conversation. Um, I, of, of course, we saw 4X doesn't have data on Everybody that owes student debt, right? Uh, but from the data you do, and perhaps from the data you can extrapolate from publicly available uh, data and, 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 you know, surveys. How do we have a culture of paying back our student loan debt in this country, even when we can afford to? So we, we haven't looked into that. But what we've seen on the data that we have from your post-grad students, they have had a internship of a year or two. Mm. earning an average of 6,000 rand, and most of it would go towards transport to get into those places, and then after, then after they won't get any other job. So if you look at the stipend they get, it does is not enough to help them pay off their debt because they still have to live within that stipend. So from those that who got internships, they struggle to pay it off. You'd see the a ratio of they've paid like 5,000, 2,000, depending on how they were trying mm, to pay it off, mm. but they couldn't pay it fully because they were not fully absorbed into the workspace. But after the internship then, or after they began employed, they're not able to pay back the universities. Mm. So those are the trends that we are seeing. So, so, so the biggest problem around student debt is often the impact it has on your ability to register for the following academic year. And, 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 and many students, jobs. Yes, and many students are not asking uh, for debt relief. They're merely asking for money to be able to register. Just so I can finish it. It might be my final year. I just want to get out of here, get my transcript and get a job. Uh, are you also then assisting with student register, uh, you know, tuition registration specifically for students who do have heaped up uh, historic debt? Yeah, we try to assist them, but because our model is based on fundraising, so you never know how much we'd raise as fast as possible. Usually by the end of the year, that's when we would get like huge donations that would have come in. So now to address that challenge to make sure that because we, we understand with donations, it takes time. So now we have set up a toilet paper factory. We call it We Solve for X Doffer. So as we produce and sell these toilet papers, we'll have a portion of the sales funding. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Where's yes. the factory? So we are currently in Danswat, Bosbeck. That's where we, we moved in on Friday. By the 15th, we should be ready to have the samples going out. Is it entirely a social enterprise? Yeah, it's a social enterprise to fund the student debt, to fund the mass classes that we do in schools, and also to continue building toilets in rural schools. 
right? That's that's very very interesting, and and, and toilets is a is a really really big issue, um, and, and you know it's 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 an important part of just creating a conducive learning environment because it gives dignity back to children. Let's take a couple of calls. Zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Neo in Deep Cliff. Good morning. Good. Sorry, my apologies. Good evening. <laughs> Hey, hi, Oluji, how are you? I'm well, I'm well, sir. Go ahead. I'm good, my brother. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, your guest uh, in the studio. Uh, my brother, you, uh, you're doing a very good initiative, and I wish uh, all, uh, all the best and uh, continue helping your black students in particular. So the reason why I called is because uh, I have the outstanding... Uh, debt with uh, Northwest University. Uh, I studied become financial accountancy. So now I've been looking for articles, but I still have the outstanding debt, and it means I cannot get my uh, graduate uh, graduation certificate. So I don't know if uh, you only help uh, people who are only studying actuarial science, or you can also uh, help students like us. Mm. No, beautiful question. Thank you so much for that. Tieti? So we help students from South Africans and non-South African students who are studying in South Africa, who have historic debt. So we, any course you're studying, we help you because we believe everyone has a value to add. And there's more of the students who have the skill. We hear people saying there's a shortage of skill, but we don't have a shortage of skills. We do have people with the skills, but they don't have the certificate to prove that they have the skill. So some of the challenges that we are facing as a country and we are not able to realize the public good that these graduates and professionals have to offer because we do have the nurse, we grow up a shortage of nurses and doctors. We do have them in our mm, backyards, mm, mm. but they don't have the skill to show that they qualify mm. to, to do the job. Mm. Is that is that helpful, Neo? Oh, seems like we don't have Neo anymore. Let's go to Tsiriso out in Mangaung. Tsiriso, good morning. Uh, good, good evening, Oliver. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Go ahead, Tsiriso. Thank you so much. I just wanted to comment on what the version actually said, especially the part where he spoke about the number of learners who enroll for actuarial census. Mm. I think I got it right. Uh, one of the challenges, I work for a, a school governing body association in the Swiss state uh, called the Swiss state Schools Governance Institute. We are based in Gutwanong and Bloomfontein. And uh, one of the issues that we grapple with on a daily basis is the is the issue of career choice. You know, to see uh, the career options that actually promote employment, and uh, it, it goes deep with regards to to our education system, of course. But most importantly, the role that parents are actually playing with regards to career choice for their for their for their kids. And I think uh, he's doing a marvelous job in the free state. Um, and I hope, I really, really do hope that we can we can actually have a similar uh, dialogue and discussion with other career options like environmental sciences. You know, because we, uh, Free State is one of the provinces with the highest. I think we are behind Eastern Cape with the highest unemployment rate in the mm-hmm. country. And uh, for for us to be able to do this, because you can think about it, Oliver. Uh, the two economic sectors that were driving the economy in the 1800s are still driving the economy today, which is mining and agriculture. Mm. You know, uh, that uh, uh, economic diversity is one of the, I think, contributory factors to high level of learners who still believe that they need to do like your mainstream careers, like being a teacher, a doctor, you know, and neglecting other sectors that are 
actually processing the same amount of, of pot- potential to I mean for employment by the like that. So I really love his work. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud also that he's from the free state. I just wanted to comment on that to say that maybe you should actually look at also how can we involve parents here. Because in our association, the, the, the biggest part of our association is parents. Thank you so much. That's very true. How do we conscientize yeah. parents, TRT? Let's start there because we, uh, we, we parents teach. don't buy abacuses for kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we teach parents. We bring them into a classroom. We teach them the concept, we teach them mathematics, like we teach their kids according to the grade they are in, so that they understand that no kids struggle with math, they struggle with topic. So we have a three simple rule. We show them a textbook topic and a textbook example. So if Elana comes in and say they are struggling with math, the parents will ask which topic, show me the textbook example, they get the kid to do the textbook example until they get it and they can do the exercise. So now they are able to help and understand that no yes. kids struggle with math, but they struggle with a certain topic. So that's how, that's how we do in terms of empowering the parents just bring them into a classroom and teach them mm. that's that's the work that we are we are doing yeah uh and and how do you expand this sort of thing because it's a culture as well right yes um how do you how do you create a culture where parents encourage their kids to take math and not math lit so we first is awareness and then demystifying math you know so what we usually do in our first lesson we tell parents that when the the kids are in primary one plus box equals to five the answer is four so by the time the kid gets to high school we remove the box and say one plus plus x X equals to five yeah the answer is still four so the concept never changes it's just now we're adding more variables so now once they start to understand that then the fear kind of like eliminates away but also bring them into a control environment where they are able to learn when they've never been given the opportunity to do so now they are able to understand where the challenges their kids are yeah. struggling with and they will know how to best respond give us a call zero eight six triple zero two that's the number to dial zero eight six triple zero two zero three two what's a voice note on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven it has not been easy but uh, I was able to pay off my NSFAS student debt it took me a few years I think the the main problem is that NSFAS takes so many years to conscientize you about the debt that you have. If they could do it earlier on when you are at your inception of yeah. starting work, then I think we would we would be okay. We would pay off. Most people would pay off earlier than is expected. Yeah. But I mean, the structure of NESFAS has changed. Uh, it's no longer debt. <laughs> Your education is being paid for. Uh, and that's that's an important uh, distinction. Um, it, you know, when people enter the professional world, they start realizing that mathematics was not just an esoteric subject that they needed uh, to just pass high school. They start realizing it's real-life application in problem-solving. And we live in a knowledge economy where problem-solving is a currency for upward social mobility, both professionally and otherwise. Um, is there an opportunity for, when I say postgraduate, I mean people who graduated university and left, uh, for post-university uh, professionals to be able to come back and say, look, um, I didn't do too great in math, but I do want to teach and learn at the same time. Do you create that platform for them as well? No, definitely. They can come join us and become maths or English teachers in the schools, and then they will definitely find their voice on how best they can assist. You know, But the first is to say all the professionals, the graduates, we say they must go back and visit their schools as a starting point to see how they can assist and then have that sustainable impact. But more also, part of our solution was to understand that if you assume 
the 34.5 million age group above 18. If each contributor had rent, we could raise 3.5 billion a month. Within a year, we could wipe out the national student debt. Mm. Understanding why those are some of the challenges, but then what other models we can bring. That's why now we have that underlying product to say even the poorest of the poor can be part of the solution by buying a product and a certain, of, a certain portion of that product goes towards paying off the debt or assisting, you know, and also encouraging other corporates to say how can they give back in terms of you know, change there. It's already happening. You have like your reward system, but how can they channel those rewards towards helping students pay off their debt and make education accessible so that we can all realize the public benefit it comes with when you have more educated people mm, who can mm. prove they are educated. Didn't, didn't pick and pay reports billions or millions of, of unclaimed smart shopper points one time? Uh, that that could have been useful. Is, is this why social enterprising is such a big core of, of, of your uh, business ethos? So for me, it's more of more like a calling. And I think I look, I used to, um, I follow the work of TSC Machinini. So yeah. I get more inspired, you know. So they were the student uprising generation with a whistle for X generation. But we have like a common cause, fighting for education in different forms, you know. So for me, it's more of, my main concern is how to improve education and address the hunger issue. Where, because I understand it, uh, I, will grow, I was a street mm. vendor selling vegetable house to house with the wheelbarrow. So I've seen the impact of hunger and the the, the ripple effect it has in households. So now how can we provide a sustainable solution so that we, we can move people from this state in their own background so that they can live a better life but mm. also contribute meaningfully to the society. So we're trying to apply those solutions in things that we understand and yeah, we, we think, we, we believe our solution could be a stepping stone sure. in that right direction without burning anything. So for those who need help or those who want to contribute, how do they uh, access the We Solve for X Foundation? They go to our website, www.wesolveforx.co.za, and then they will see there you can apply for We Solve for X uh, actual science bursary, student debt, or you can donate towards the school projects that we have. And then also they can send us an email at info at wesolveforx.co.za. They can contact us on our landline number 011-307-2801. Thank you so much, Tietzi Ngobese. Really, really do appreciate it. That brings us to the end of the show from myself, Lucero Finias, uh, as well as Ntabi saying it's been an honor, it's been a pleasure. It's 10 o'clock. Good night.